listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. Today we celebrate Corpus Christi Sunday as we do each year. It's kind of our, for Catholics anyway, the beginning of summertime. Uh, we get out of all of the Easter feast and post-Easter feast and we'll be wearing green vestments now until we come to the beginning of Advent and at the end of this year. And I wanna pull a couple of things together that we've spoken about over the last few weeks and through the Easter season on sacramental theology and what we are doing. Because I think it's very important for us to understand as we move into this year of the Eucharistic revival uh, to understand how God works within us in sacramental signs. And of course, the source and summit of all the sacraments is and of Christ's goodness is in the Eucharist because it is his real presence. You know, sometimes Catholics are attacked about the real presence of Christ. How can you believe that that piece of bread and that wine is God? Is it, well, it's because Jesus says so right there in the Bible. It's usually a Bible Christian, but really don't have to think much more than just reading our gospel reading today. My flesh is real food, my blood is real drink. And then we go to the Last Supper where he says, this is my body, meaning the bread that he took, and this is my blood, meaning the wine that he took, the cup. So that should really kind of be, without much ado, kind of past. But we talked about the apostolic church, and we talked about the early Christian community. And, and when you think of our worship today, in the early church, and it's described in the Acts of the Apostles, they said they were devoted to four things, four things. They were devoted to the teaching of the apostles first, that's why the apostolic church, to prayer, to the breaking of bread and the communal life. So they felt that the breaking of bread, the Eucharist was one of those four things that needed to be noted for the essential Christian community. And so what do we mean by the breaking of bread? It comes down to offering what is offered at Mass, because what is offered is Christ. And so we spoke a couple of weeks ago about ad orientum Masses and how the Mass used to look. And people would say, oh, wow, did you, uh, do you remember when the priest used to have his back to the congregation or his back to the people? I would say, the priest never had his back to the people. Well, yes, they did, I saw it. Usually they're older, of course, by this day and age. He said, no, he never had his back to the congregation. He was always facing God. He was facing God. That was the point. And so when you think of what the movement is when we come to the altar and it's kind of changed, obviously, uh, in its dynamic and understanding is as the priest, I would be standing on this side where the flowers are facing the tabernacle and you guys would be praying with me. And I spoke the other week about the priesthood of Jesus Christ I would stand in persona Christi. I would, I would make the prayers that, that Christ would make for the sacramental sign to become real. And so we'd all be praying facing God. And that was the point of it. But what we're offering is what Christ told us to offer. And so we don't hear this on Sunday very often. We don't hear this prayer because there's usually music. But the blessed be God, Lord of all creation, for through your goodness we have received this bread to offer. 
fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. It's the bread that we offer. And then the wine, the same thing. We're offering the wine. But we have to remember that we're not offering ourselves so much as we're offering Christ on behalf of us, the mediator. And that's why the priest is separated, the mediator. Because to be perfectly blunt, we can't make an adequate offering. Only Christ can. Only Christ can. Even I was at a wedding yesterday and we were uh, talking about the offering of a married couple to God, their love, and, and that it's not perfect. And he went so far as to talk about our gifts. They're not perfect, if you think about it. I mean, or the, even the best. Because we offer the bread. I mean, they're hosts. And to be perfectly blunt, they don't taste like anything at all. When we, we train our little ones for first communion, we, we say, well, what does it taste like? And I said, you know, well, it just kind of tastes like cardboard, you know? And it's amazing how all of them know what cardboard tastes like. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's not the best bread we have. I mean, or, or, or nor the best wine. I mean, trust you me, you know, as we receive the precious blood, it has the same appearance, but it's sacramental wine. Nothing you want to drink every day. I mean, I would, you know, Boone's Farm, maybe, you know? I mean, it's a twist-off cap, you know? You would think we'd get like a great loaf of French bread and a bottle of Camus or something, and that would be the offering to God, right? So we don't even try to give the best because we can't. So we do a little bit of functionality, but we bring up our defective gifts, the gifts from the community, and that's why the offertory is important. It is the offering coming from the community, all of us. And they're taken and then they're offered to God. And what they are is they are transformed into the sacrifice of Christ. And that's what's offered to God, the perfect sacrifice. And then he turns around and gives it to us to strengthen us to go out of this church and to become more like him, to become a more perfect sacrifice. And in our Eucharistic prayer, we'll use Eucharistic prayer three today, Eucharistic prayer three, one of the prayers in there, may he make of us, may he, Christ, make of us a, perfect, a more perfect offering to you. And I'll emphasize those words during the Eucharistic prayer. But I mentioned a couple weeks ago that in this reading, we hear about Christ being in us and that we are able to do what we do because of him. That's what the Eucharist does for us. It's his real presence. He says it himself. He gives it to us. And in us providing by God's grace, those gifts, as imperfect as they are, the gifts, as imperfect as we are, we offer what we have. And he transforms it. And he makes us better. And he brings us into his love and an understanding that we couldn't have without his grace. And every time we receive communion, every time we receive it, we receive the body and blood of Christ, the risen Christ, the crucified Christ, whether it's sufferings or victories when we walk out of this church and we bring that into the community. And so in our baptism, go back, prefigured in the Old Testament, we can think of the desert, going through the waters of baptism, so to speak, in the Red Sea, God parting it, getting onto the journey and being fed with manna. But they died, but they died. God gives us the bread that gives us eternal life. And he knows that we need to be led and guided and fed along the way. 
That's what we're doing. And that's why it's such an important thing not to check a box when we come to Mass, but to participate and take that into, because God's not going to force himself on us. We have to be open to changing, to being different, to being better, to being like him. It'll give us that grace if we simply open our hearts to him. And as he says, if you are my friends, you'll follow my commands. So we seek that friendship with Christ that's renewed every time that we're at mass because he commanded us, he commanded us to do this in remembrance of him. Let's pray that that friendship grows ever more during the course of this year. We're moving into ordinary time. And so we'll be taking the lessons of Christ. We'll hear what he commands us in more particular detail. Hopefully we'll be able to embrace it by the gift of his grace and continue to offer ourselves as imperfect as we are through Christ, the perfect offering to God in the changes that are made because of the gift of his grace.